welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, for the second time in a week. It won't be for you. It'll be it'll be regularly <laughs> spaced. But for us, we are podcasting hard this week. It's Fret Talk number 208. You are joined by both myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, and Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> 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 Shit! Just what? This is yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no. Start as you mean to go on and all that. That's it. Yeah, in a really <laughs> creepy way. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are here for a second time of the week. Um, on on a week where there's not a particularly great amount of news coming out. In our last episode, we did a pedal weed mind's eye, and I was tempted to do another, but instead we have got something a little bit a little bit beefier. Um, okay. But before we do any of that, how are you, Matt? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, pretty hectic week at work, but I, I seem to be saying that a lot recently. <laughs> In fact, Indeed. I think seem to like always just say that, so maybe I just need to reassess how I evaluate my life. <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's it's one of those where you go, oh, let's get past this week and it'll be fine. Um, and that seems to be recipro- like, uh, reciprocating until yeah. the end of time. <laughs> like, until, you, <laughs> until you're either on holiday or you die. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just just need to get through this week and then, then it will be nice and easy. No, no, nothing's ever easy. Um, no, never. But, but there we go. Um, yeah. I have picked up a guitar. Between the last podcast and this one, though, <laughs> unfortunately, it was an acoustic. Ah, oh, like stumbled at the last, last yeah. little bit. Oh, it's better than the last time, but yeah, yeah, played a little bit of acoustic guitar just as a relax. You know, after after a long, hard day where you've done like an hour and a half overtime, and you're like, fucking hell, I just want to do something for me for half an hour. So I played along to a few tracks that I quite like with the acoustic guitar. Fair enough. But like from that, we are talking nothing particularly noteworthy guitar-wise. No, no nothing particularly noteworthy guitar-wise. Like, I managed to pick up a capo so that I could play along to some of the songs, but, I mean, it's it's not interesting stuff. It's, like, strumming along to, like, stereophonics and um, some other stuff as well. Fair play. I mean, it, it beats what I've done between last cast and this cast, which is... Um, I completed Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Well, because I was, I was showing my son, uh, like, some classic video games, and he is, he's enthusiastic, but he's a liability as well. Yeah. Um, so we put it on easy mode, and we just breezed through it, um, which was fantastic, because it's the first first time... I mean, I've completed, uh, I completed Streets of Rage 1 when I was... Probably not much older than him. Like me and my brother would not yeah. to play it, and we got through it uh, just by sheer sheer numbers. I think <laughs> like eventually you could stick it like a million a million monkeys in front of a million typewriters, and eventually they will do the works of Shakespeare. Um, yeah, it's very much one of those situations. Um, I only ever rented um, Streets of Rage two, so I never got to the end of that one. <laughs> And I didn't know that Streets of Rage 3 was a thing. Uh, so, 
we 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 got through those and that was that was pretty cool uh and then i <laughs> i've started up playing legend of zelda 2 <laughs> which is largely panned as the worst one of the series i was gonna say what made you pick two um i i had that as a child um i largely bought it because um it was um it it was a, a golden um cartridge and it had a picture of a sword on the front i thought that's that seems pretty fucking awesome like the, <laughs> the five-year-old me just being told yeah yeah pick whatever game you want um so of course i'm gonna go in with a gold one um and it was tough as balls uh I remember not getting very far in it then. Um, and then we, uh, like, my mum had a, a friend whose son also had a NES. So we swapped games for a little bit. And I, I gave him this, like, super hard as balls golden cartridge. Um, and then when I got it back, um, like, it was about a third of the way through the game and I was like, shit, man, this guy's an awesome... Like, he's a god. Um, but then still couldn't get any further because it was, again, hard as balls. Yeah. Um, but now I'm taking my revenge on Zelda 2. <laughs> um, and I'm, Going to beat it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely chipping away at it. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, and it is nothing like the other Zelda games, uh, which I think I like. Um, so I know it's not very not very gear related but I have been playing <laughs> I have been playing Zelda too so like shout out to to like 80s <laughs> video games um, I did say on the last cast I'd mention what came out this week on the No Talk All Toad which is for us two weeks in the future <laughs> um <laughs> So we talked about the Super Fuzz last week, but um, I also recorded, um, on the same day, I recorded the Kuvave, Kuvave um, Fuzz as well, because I felt like I was in a fuzzy, fuzzy mood that day. Um, and it was the newer version of it. Those those who are in the know uh, about the Kuvave Fuzz know that there's a, an older version with like the the Kavave logo is in like a bubble uh, bubble text and like much much uh, much bolder text and then the new one is kind of very thin sans serif um font and they are kind of the same pedals but they are tweaked a little bit differently the old ones are like they are heralded as like this perfect beautiful like good under twenty five dollars uh, fuzz, uh, whereas the the newer one is a little bit underwhelming. Um, so it's it's based on a silicon fuzz face, I believe. Um, but the the old one is the uh, the the voltage to the circuit is kind of starved a little bit. So you get this kind of beautiful sputtery. Uh, dying battery kind of sound fuzz whereas the the new one they've rectified the problem um, and have it running at full voltage um, which then ends up it, it's much more of a kind of classic fuzz tone 
but it's it's not quite as good. Fair. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, I, I played it without knowing any of this, um, and I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's one of the rare occasions where the uh, the drive tone sounds better through a clean amp than it does through a distorted one. Because often, often the times um, when I'm demoing fuzz pedals, when I do the kind of through a dirty British amp um, section, they all come into into their own there, and you get like a really because it's yeah. it's how how they're intended to be run, yeah. really hot, really loud, just yeah. and smashing the front end of an already driven amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of yeah, getting that amp yeah. begging for mercy kind of tone. Um, with this one, it it didn't sound any better when it was running through a dirty amp, uh, and it was actually a bit more articulate um, and a bit just 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 nicer sounding through the through the cleaner amp. So that was Fair. that was interesting, um, and I am tempted because there is a mod that you can do for the the new one to make it sound like the old one. Um, however, this this pedal was um, was lent to me by Mister Dave Rage. <laughs> Um, and I'm not entirely sure how uh, how he would receive me breaking his pedal. So, <laughs> yes, I, I imagine you should probably at least ask his permission before you do it. Indeed, yeah. So, yeah. as far as I, uh, I understand it, you can um, like the the little mini um, trim pots. You can solder that to three points at the on the back of the PCB, and then tune it in to where the uh, where the fuzz starts to spit a little bit, or you can kind of guess at the value and just use a resistor between two points. <laughs> um, oh and I, dear! I think uh, I think method two is more my style. Yeah, that's a four K resistor. <laughs> yeah, today feels like a four point seven K day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it'll, it'll just be a case of like I'm just going to rummage in this bin of parts. What what do I get? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, no, but like the there's a video that mentions how to do do this mod on YouTube, and he does say like between this value and this value should give you something close. And I'm like, okay, I could do that. Um, yeah. I've I've got a fair few resistors, and I could. Without soldering the resistor in, like touch it on the two points and test it. Yeah, and test it that way. Although, how are you going to touch it on the two points and play the guitar? I mean, you can strum it, can't you? And you can get the general or on... loop pedal. Yes, oh, there you go. There's a reason why I have you on this cast. <laughs> well, I mean, I I realised that I was nodding when you were talking about this brand and going, I have no idea who they are. All, all that was in my head was it's either that tweet from Donald Trump or the Chinese brand that is uh, that, that make phones and stuff. So it's either Cafefe or Huawei. And <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's all that was going in my head, and I was just like nodding and going, I have no idea who this brand are. I take it they're a Chinese. Yeah, they're they're one of these um, like mini pedal kind of yeah. peeps. It is. It's it's in the midi pedal format. It's in a gold enclosure. I've got it around here somewhere, but I'm not going to bother getting it. Like quite similar to, um, 
to the OSET stuff in the way that they look. Like the knobs are yeah. very similar. Um, but yeah, it's 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 basically that. I think uh, sixty okay. cycle hum did um, did a few kind of spotlights on a, on on the range. Uh, I think they did the affordable series featuring some of their pedals. Okay, so, there you go. Um, th- I mean that specific like the fuzz face with a tone stack in it is not a a circuit that I see copied much on the the cheaper end. So, I mean that's pretty cool. Yeah, but there you go. Um, and then I have actually recorded the week afterwards, so the one that will be coming out this Friday for you listeners. Hopefully, maybe if I'm if I'm brave enough to. And I it am is... so confused about how time works. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> this look, if you ignore the fact that we are now this. <laughs> This podcast will be happening in two weeks' time. A week on Monday. Yes. Um, and then that Friday, the, the Friday that follows this one, right? Okay, will be yes. this mystery no talk all toad. Maybe, maybe, because <laughs> it's also going to tie in with something else. But we we shall leave that there. Um, and that's. Uh, that's pretty much all I've done this week. I say I've done this week. I did t- like last week or two weeks ago. Like I say, I've pretty much been playing Zelda this week. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just um, let's just ignore that one. But yeah. we're gonna do we, we're gonna do a question and then a little sneaky sneaky segment that ricochets off this this segment. The first of all, um, the first question. Oh, fa- in fact, actually, before we mention this segment we're going to do a little obituary section because two two absolute massive icons have uh have passed away this week like one at the start of the week uh joey jordison uh of slipknot and wednesday 13 and general other projects as well mainly yeah. known as being the drummer who played drums upside down um, like seat belted yeah. into some drums and then just spun around like crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. He he passed away at like forty six, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm not sure the cause. Of, I've seen anything with the cause of death, but I, I imagine there's got to be because they said in his sleep, so it sounds like they were expecting it. So I'm mm-hmm. imagining that there was an illness there, but it's terrible news. I saw Slipknot. About four months after Paul Gray died, yeah, remember yeah. the bassist died in 2011, yeah. um, and I saw them, and obviously he, him, and the the, the drummer Joey were like two of the founding members, um, and like I remember that just being really emo- like you don't expect to go to a Slipknot gig and it being emotional, but towards yeah. the end they did a kind of um, like a eulogy toward to him almost. Um, it was a sonosphere that I saw them. Um, yeah. And it was just like a really emotional moment for everybody in the crowd and everybody, everybody there at the festival. Um, and yeah, it just this just brought those memories back as well. But I mean, like 46 is no age for for anybody to sort of leave this, leave the earth. No, I mean, if you like compare it to the fact that people like Lemmy uh, made it so far and with the just the sheer amount of 
like abuse of yep. like all kinds of substance that he had. Uh, and Aussie is still going. Yeah. You just think like 46, shit, man, this is, it's, it's unfair, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is. But like, I, I don't pretend to know anything about drums, but certainly I, I loved Slipknot as a teenager, like even into my late teens. Like I've moved away from listening to that kind of music these days, but yeah. they were a big part of my, my life growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, oh, you uh, went to see them a couple of times. I went to see them with, uh, I saw them with Slayer uh, at the Unholy Alliance, I think it was. So I saw, um, they were at Download the year of Paul Gray's death. Or it so that was 2011. Yeah. Because I was at Sonosphere that year, which was, yeah. Yeah, and they had... Uh, they had like a wall of fame of like people who died that year and Paul Gray was on it. Um, yeah, I, I've seen them a few times as well. I, I've never been a, like a huge fan, but they were one of those kind of gateway bands that all yeah. of the alternative kids were listening to. And you're like, well, I'm going to give this a go because I don't fit in with these lot over here. <laughs> like these cool kids who were listening to whatever the shit they were like garage and r&b at the time like well i don't give two shits about craig david um so i'm gonna try this stuff and it was kind of like a gateway like that and the offspring and and like blink 182 as well that kind of blanket of 2000s it was was, basically what you're describing there is a kerrang playlist from 2005 like yeah yeah it's it's exactly that weren't it and then yeah like from there you go oh actually i like this and i yeah. I, I actually went oh i really like the kind of i prefer the pop punk stuff than i do the yeah i mean um, for the most part i did as well like I, I after i did offspring and blink 182 and you get to like my chemical romance and you know you then split off further down the other way and do like some 41 and all that stuff and good charlotte and like that was kind of my thing but i also had a phase where i was listening to slipknot event sevenfold and yeah. all of those guys as well and yeah just yeah it's just it's it shocks me that like two members of slipknot are gone already and they're not even in their 50s yet yeah absolutely uh so I mean, that, that was a a real shock um Stuart Tate actually broke the news to me about that uh, and I I almost like called him out and went nah you call him like this is bullshit like <laughs> you've you've picked up some Jackie Chan is dead fake <laughs> news <laughs> shit again yeah uh, but no it it like appeared like ten minutes later, um, but then within the same week as well, uh, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top, um, absolute just, and again like these are a band that I've I, I saw live at Download. I, I want to say like 2012. Uh, sorry, uh, not 2012. That's that's it's much too late. It, it, 2002. One of, <laughs> one of these it's one of these probably probably about 2000 2008 something yeah. like that I think maybe I don't know um, it's, I've slept since then um, <laughs> but they were on they were on the Sunday um, um, by which point I, um, I I think that was the year that I um, mistook a, a Pepsi bottle that was full of Jägermeister for Pepsi, poured a pint of it because I was really thirsty, 
And then, because I had a point of Jägermeister and I couldn't get it back into the bottle, I had to drink it. And I lost an entire afternoon. Just can't of remember. Course it. Of course you did. <laughs> can't remember. A pint of Jäger. <laughs> yeah, can't remember any of it. Madman. Um, yeah. Um, so I think it was that year where I'd... I'd Parted really fucking hard, um, and it was the Sunday, and I was just I was I was a broken man. Uh, well, I mean, like the Sunday of a festival, that's you. You you have two options: you either feel like a broken man all day, or you drink through the pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I I chose the broken man option, um, and me and my brother just pulled up some like camping chairs, sat away from the the crowd, and just sat there and enjoyed the music. Um, and there were bands like uh, I think Journey was on, um, well Journey, quote unquote Journey. Yeah. Um, Europe were there, and then like later in the evening, it came to ZZ Top, and they weren't even headlining. They weren't. They were like third headline. Yeah. Um, and I just remember that as being one of the finest festival experiences ever just sitting back like pretty pretty monged but just like appreciating the the music and they were like even even because i could only just about see them i was watching them on the lot the, the little screens yeah uh, but the the music was fantastic and it was one of the best yeah best festival they're one of those bands that I never sort of when I was younger I, I did quite a lot of like the quote unquote classic rock tr- like traditional bands that you listen to so like yeah. the likes of ACDC Thin Lizzy that kind of stuff Deep mm. Purple um, and I never really had a ZZ, T- ZZ Top phase at the time but the more I got to playing guitar the more people were like you you really like playing along to blue stuff and you really, really like rock. Why are you not listening to ZZ Top? And I just went away and bought a couple of albums in the two for ten sale at HMV because that's what you do. Yeah, um, yeah. that's how you used to yeah. get music, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, and like just realised that I'd been missing out for so long because like it's just the perfect combination of rock and roll and blues is ZZ Top. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like the they've got like. Really, almost kind of punky tunes where it's really like heavy driving rock. Yeah, um, but it's all based around that kind of blues and like in influence stuff. It's just yeah, I absolutely love the love the stuff to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've ended up buying. I've probably got about five or six ZZ Top albums now, and they are just, they're just brilliant. Um, and the fact that one third of ZZ Top now now ain't with us and we won't be able to watch ZZ Top as they as they were well I imagine they'll probably stop touring like they've been together as themselves for what 40 odd years at this point maybe 50 odd years what was, was it, did I read it was 1969 they got together yeah I think that was their first album they disbanded for a little while um, in in the kind of uh, mid seventies, because yeah, there's a there's a, a documentary on Netflix at the moment called Little Old Band from Texas, um, and it 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 like mentioned what what they did. Um, Dusty, um, he as far as I remember, he he went to just work as like a, a baggage handler at a, an airport, and just literally <laughs> no shits given, just oh yeah, that's Dusty, yeah, international like rock star 
just yeah he's the baggage handler and then well, they got a bit of a resurgence and then he was like yeah later guys I'm back on tour yeah I mean it's like and like for me as well I think Oh, like the Rickenbacker is kind of the iconic base for everybody like the 4 blow 3 it just looks cool but I, ju- I love the look of the 52p which is what he plays it's like a, a straight pickup P base as opposed yeah. to the offset one with a telecaster head sock and I just think they look fucking incredible and he's got gold ones and he's got black ones and he's got ones with reverse headstocks that don't even look as stupid as a reverse headstock base has any right to look and just <laughs> he's just got some really cracking looking base and he just him it's they, they just look like the the coolest men on the planet when they're up there playing oh, absolutely like uh, i did a post on instagram today about like no motherfuckers cooler than than this chap on the bass guitar um because like they just it just they exude like chilled out but really really fucking cool yeah. like uh, Billy Gibbons playing his guitar like below his knees and you're just like <laughs> how, like, how are you playing it like yeah <laughs> I'd str- struggle to even reach the strings you're <laughs> just absolutely bossing it um, but yeah rest in peace both of you guys aye because it's it's been a been a loss uh, and this is going to be two weeks <laughs> two weeks late now it is uh, but better late than never uh, so I, I did say we've got um, we've got a uh, a question and then a question that comes from that. Uh, so, uh, within the Guitar Geek uh, Super Friends, I think it is, the, yeah. the, uh, the Facebook group, um, Moog of, uh, of the podcast fame, he, he was a, the host at, at one point, he, he said, uh, I need a decent rock bass under 250 quid new or used um so there's there's some there was some good uh, good suggestions actually on this remortgage the house and buy a 52p base from the custom shop let's <laughs> <laughs> see uh yeah no it, honestly if you're asking me about base i'll just find a squire p base on the second hand forum yeah yeah i think that's that's what my advice would be if you I want a rock one. base i think he had like a an affinity uh, P bass or jazz bass, and he wants something a bit. Well, I, I mean, like for two hundred and fifty quid, you probably get a second-hand classic vibe. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds a bit. So right. I think, like, if I mean, I, like I say, I have no no idea about basses. I've never owned a bass guitar in my entire life. But if I was going to look for a bass that was on the cheaper end of the market, I'd be looking for a second-hand classic vibe. P base, yeah. Uh, I think um, Soy uh, Soy Bramwell, uh, like founder of the Fret Talk Group, um, he said the uh, Squire uh, Squire Jag base. So it's something like a like a uh, vintage modified Jag base. Yeah, they're the short scale ones, aren't they? Is a Jag base a short scale? I think it is. Sure, why not? Um, and funnily enough, I've actually played one of those, um, and it sounds really good. Um, but I think what Moog was trying to get was something with a bit more grunt. So, because I think he, I think he had um, an affinity, like I say, an affinity uh, jazz or P bass. Can't remember which. But he, he was obviously just not getting the quite the rock 
that he needed. Um, Ibanez do some absolutely fantastic stuff at around the three to four hundred pound mark. Um, Which second hand would put it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can personally attest for this because I picked up. I think it was a uh, an SR five hundred. I think it was something like that. It basically come with two uh, two humbuckers, uh, but it came with an active um, an active preamp in it as well which basically like a three band EQ and there was like a, a tilt um, control which allowed you to go from like one end of the spectrum to the other yeah and with that you could get like really kind of trebly um, pop and slap funky tones but then you could get that really really rich warm rock uh, like thud that you want as well so like, I'd, I'd suggest those all day, every day. Um, and this one, <laughs> the one that I got, <laughs> was so, so blinged out. The, like, the the top on it was like a flame. I think it was like a, a book-matched flame maple top. Um, but the the binding was so fancy. It was like, like Mother of Pearl style effect. <laughs> Which sounds sounds fantastic, and it looked great. However, you couldn't see the side dots because of it, uh, and it meant that like when I first started playing it, couldn't couldn't find where I was. Um, brilliant! It's, it's a oh, oh, really brilliant. good base. Uh, I've still got it around somewhere, but I need to need dig to, it out. Yeah, I, I don't think I've got it at my house. I think I've left it with with a friend. Um, so I, th- I might have to get that back because it it's a really decent bass and it's better than the one that I use for uh, like all of the, the demos that I do at the moment which is a little bit falling apart but if like, if it was in a better state of repair that would also be a really good one uh, which is the PV Millennium because it's really guitar friendly the, the neck's very slim right okay like slim as in width wise thinner fretboard yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to as yeah. opposed to thin neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The neck, the neck's relatively thin as well, but it's it's the the fretboard that's thin. So it's actually it's, it's not that much wider than a standard six string uh, guitar. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, and it means that the string spacing is quite guitar friendly. Um, but that came with um, uh, Bartoloni pickups, I think, or like a version thereof. And that again, like two massive soap bar style humbuckers, um, and it, it can do anything. It can do big fat chunky bass, and can do that really thin, thin raspy sound as well. So there you go. I would suggest that. Um, however, that that got me a thinking, uh, and we we do this every so often on this cast, uh, where we kind of reminisce back to our early days of like what what would guitar like be now if we had to start again so yeah well i imagine like at the end of the day gear is changing so much and also our tastes are changing so i imagine we will never say the same thing twice yeah like when it comes to this yeah yeah and and that's that was kind of the the thought process behind kind of re-asking this question um and getting this year's take on the question 
um, because I think we we have mentioned it before. We've thrown and thrown out like, oh, I might go for an Epiphone this or, or the the classic vibes are quite consistent with what we what we suggest because they're they are still kind of leading the pack in that yeah budget like high budget option like yeah the the higher end of the budget option uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give us some stipulations we've got we've got one thousand pounds each to get a semi-gigable rig. Uh, it doesn't have to be like all gigs, every gigs, but yeah. some small small practices and gigs would be would be useful. And we've got to like go at it as if we are starting guitar again. So we have no gear. Um, yeah. We have to get an amp and guitar and up to five pedals um, yeah. we, do, we don't have to worry about um, we don't have to worry about cables or power supplies or boards any of that nonsense because we uh, we are the heir to a, <laughs> to a, um, a quite high flying cable and pedal board dynasty so <laughs> and that we can, yeah we can we can pinch that from a uh, from our parents uh so there you go uh, yeah. but we do need to pick up a guitar an amp and, and the right pedals yeah yeah the right pedals i mean you say the right pedals i have not chosen the right pedals at all i need uh, have <laughs> but i've got some stuff that will that'll be useful right uh do you want to go first or shall i matt i, I will go first if you like because you've said that yours is going to be interesting and i've kind of half told you some of my stuff anyway so yeah let's let's do mine first and then we can hear your different take on it okay. so um as we've mentioned before squire classic vibe is is the kind of the place to go and i don't think i've ever picked a strat for this i think i've picked a les paul and a telly in the past yeah. so i'm going hss strat so i picked the squire classic vibe hss strat it's a 70s uh in walnut and it's available for 325 quid so it's a banging deal right there yeah i mean like it's hss strat so it's something that you could play and you don't need another guitar i mean it, you'd be handy to have one as a backup but like you can get most of the sounds that you're after from a HSS strat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I went for that. Um, and the amp that I've decided to pair with it is the Marshall Origin 20C. Uh, so there's the 10-inch yeah. speaker combo, um, which I've gigged with in the past, so I know it's gigable. Um, the other guitarist in the Ed Miller band, Lorcan, gigs with it when we play, so definitely loud enough to do a gig over here anyway uh, they're going for 399 at the moment um on offer so that's not a bad deal as well to be fair yeah considering it's like a name brand uh, amplifier and it's valve and it's loud enough to be able to gig with yeah so there you go so that's 400 plus 325 so you did 725 there so i've yeah. got a little bit of le money left over so Rhythm Drive is going to be an electro-harmonic soul food just because I ran one for three or four years as my Rhythm Drive. I know the pedal. I know I like the pedal. I know it pairs well with a Marshall, um, and it's on the cheaper end. So they're 66 quid. So okay, yeah, cool. I've picked Got up that. Start, yeah. And then my lead boost is the lead boost I used to run when I had the soul food, and that is a TS Mini, um, which are 55 quid new. 
get in. So there you go. I've got rhythm and lead. Um, now the origin doesn't have a spring tank in it. Yes. So I needed a reverb. Um, I was thinking about spending the like I, I think I've got about 180 quid left at this point and I was thinking yeah. about spending it all on a reverb pedal until I remembered that the Hoff Mini 2 exists oh uh, yes it does which is like volume level uh, sorry level tone and um, whatever the other control is mix, I can't remember uh, mix um, with the mash foot switch for 80 yeah. quid that's a really good deal I thought they were more expensive than that so uh, yeah and that leaves me roughly 100 quid left and i thought well what else do you need if you've got rhythm you've got lead and you've got reverb what do you need you need fuzz <laughs> of course yeah of course you need fuzz. so i remembered that there is now a range within the 37 effects where rather than getting to pick what you want, it's the basics, no frills, fat guy, little coat, fuzz for $70. Yes. Now, add postage, it still doesn't come to 100 quid. So I'm having it. Yeah, get in. Um, I like that. Yeah, that's a really, uh, really quite versatile rig, actually. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah, you could, you could run the run the origin relatively clean and you've got you've pretty much got your, your gain sorted with your pedals there yep and um, you've got a little bit of more controllable reverb because it's because the new mini has got three knobs as opposed to one do, does it also have the mash function on you yes shit man that is that is a that is a good rig <laughs> that is a good rig okay okay and before I do mention mine I I thoroughly thoroughly encourage you listener to drop in the uh, facebook group what would your one thousand pound rig be um so one amp one guitar realistically as many pedals as you as you want with the remainder um the the one stipulation that i did give matt and that i will give to you as well is that we're not running ampless rigs we're not doing oh i'm just i'll just buy a an hx stomp or i'll just buy a gt core no um, yeah and the other thing i will mention is i also gave myself the you're not allowed a line 6 m5 stipulation otherwise i'd have bought a line 6 m5 because we always talk about how it's the still 15 years on from release or however long it is it's just like if you need something that's going to cover reverb delay and modulation there's not much better on the market for the for that price yeah to be fair i wouldn't have um i wouldn't have begrudged to use that instead of the the hoff two mini yeah um because that would have really opened up some versatility and I, I feel that i've i've probably stepped into this territory a little bit but i didn't go for the the one that you'd think i didn't go for the the m5 Fair enough. the m13 <laughs> <laughs> no it's like right. six of them <laughs> yeah, that's it. i just fucked the guitar i fucked the amp off and i just <laughs> spent all the money on the m13 uh no right so uh i've got two choices of guitar because I, I also went 70s uh 70s classic vibe which was 325 i went for the sss version um because the white the white one with the torque guard uh was cheapest uh on the specific 
website that I was um, using, and it was three twenty-five. Or this was uh, this was a little bit of a toss-up, but I think I'd go for the classic vibe. But alternatively, the Harley Benton Fusion Three, which is okay. a very similar price. So this is the HSH version, um, three three nine. So again, kind of just sub three fifty. Yep. So let's let's say three fifty for for uh, the sake of ease. The guitar amp. This is where it gets interesting. I remembered that there was uh, there was a little bit of um like there's a little kind of stirring around some of the um the gear for music home brand um amplifiers. Is this sub zero? This is sub zero, yes. Um and they do a fifteen watt uh amplifier called the Saturn. So it's the Saturn fifteen VR. It comes equipped with a Celestian seventy eighty speaker, which Stuart Tate hates but they are actually good speakers, so fuck you, Stu. Um, <laughs> it's got a 1 watt to 15 watt button, so it's got an attenuation switch built in, so you can do, like, bedroom to headroom. Yeah. Um, three 12AX7s, two EL84s, so you, you're probably talking loud enough to be keeping up with a drummer. Uh, three band, uh, three band EQ, and an overall tone control. So that's that's a bit of a strange one, but it's it's a single channel. But you've got three band EQ, uh, tone, volume, gain, and analog spring reverb. Nice. So I mean, I, I felt that was a bit of a winner there. Um, yeah, I imagine that tone's going to be more like a presence control than a tone control. Yeah, by yeah, the sounds of it, if it's got a three three band EQ, it's not going to be like an EQ. It'll be more like the presence or a resonance. I imagine. Yeah, possibly. But I, I figured if it's one one channel uh, and it's got a dedicated gain and volume, you can run it kind of edge of breakup, and that's a pretty decent basis. Um, anything then yeah yeah and because it's got the 7080 as well uh they are quite um quite a present speaker so they they do um they they do that kind of clarity thing quite well um unlike um speakers that are based around greenbacks which very much suit the martial gain structure where it like shelves off a lot of top end because it doesn't want to let the fizziness poke through yeah Th these are a bit more of an honest speaker um so i've gone for that which is 250 quid uh which and so i've saved a bit of cash there however this is where things get interesting um, I was looking at I was looking at a, a tremolo pedal because I figured like I've got a single channel amp I'm going to set it up to sound fendery enough I've got a spring reverb on there I want a bit of tremolo but then the, the search function threw up something a little bit different I searched for the TC pipeline and it said did you mean plethora <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you went oh I says, well, yes, I probably did. 
Thank you. Thank you for correcting my mistake there, internet search function. Um, so yeah, the, the plethora X5 is 349. And then I get all of the pedals. I get like modulations, reverbs, delays. And so I've, I've got a shed load there. But the one thing that it doesn't give you is the drive option. So if I'm running this at the edge of breakup, I need a little something, something. Um, my mind did initially go to the Mojo Mojo, but I thought I'm a little bit TC heavy. Then I thought maybe the SD one. And realistically, I probably would just stick with that and that would be fine. Just having an SD one and then the rest can be done by the plethora or the amp or me just being a better player and working the guitar <laughs> volume and, um, I did have a backup though just in case I didn't want to be a better guitar player um, Harley Benton do their version of the Joyo Tube Overdrive which is a pretty nice TS9 uh, and that's 25 quid and then they do this little secret weapon which I think, it, again, is, is a Tube Screamer-style circuit, but with a clean blend. So I'm very much looking, kind of... I'm looking at you, Antares, but I'm looking at Antares on a real budget. <laughs> and they do the, the Harley Benton Custom Overdrive, which is 33 quid, uh, which is, has got volume, gain, tone, and clean. So if I go for the cheaper option and I basically run two Tube Screamers... Then I've got two two levels of gain or a gain and a boost. There you go. That's again not a bad rig at all. Yeah, I mean the only wild card there is the uh, the sub zero because I'm not entirely sure of the the quality. I'm not entirely sure what tones I'd be getting out of it. However, I've played one of the cheaper sub zero amps, like the kind of a modelling. Yeah, almost kind of like katana esque um, amps, and it honestly didn't sound didn't sound bad. Um, it was okay. it was good enough for me to have a little jam on it. So I imagine that the the valve amp will be decent enough to be able to work as a pedal platform. There you go. We'll go but with it. We we want to hear yours as well, uh, guitarists out there. Yeah, or if you just want to like swap one bit out from ours, like feel free as well. Just what would what would you tweak? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can see this uh, this sub zero amp going straight in the bin. Just, nah, <laughs> fuck you. Um, yeah, but they've got to keep the rest of your rig, so they've got to find an amp for the same price. So you know. Yeah, I mean, if they sack that off and the plethora. Well, then they've they got could, like <laughs> you've, yeah, you've got the best part. Orange. <laughs> you got the best part of like what seven hundred quid. I was gonna say yeah, you got enough for what was it? The, what was the the two the two speaker um, uh, like stereo? No, this it was like a oh, two ten rock, stereo rocker thirty two. Yeah, where it was a thirty watt, but you can do it's got like stereo effects loops yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have different things go through different speakers they were like 700 quid weren't they about that do they sell them anymore yes because i looked at getting one when i decided to go for the um not blues breaker but 
Is it Bass Breaker? Bass Breaker. Yeah. There you go, Bass Breaker as well. That's an option. They don't make them anymore. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. That's why, that's why I asked you when you said... I asked you new or secondhand. <laughs> you oh, were like yeah, new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? You you uh, listeners, you can throw in some secondhand stuff as well because I want to see some, some fancy rigs here. Right, <laughs> uh, let's do a bit of news. Come on, let's do it. We've got about 10 minutes, no, 12 by the looks of it, to get some news done. <laughs> uh, go on, we can do this. We can do it. Uh, Gibson. Slash. Gibson. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they made a record label and Slash is the only person on the label at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that's really newsworthy. <laughs> Nor like is his a, next line of fucking a million signature models with Epiphone. It's like, that's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not news anymore. We just it, You just expect it to happen every three months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the, um, the record label thing was, was a bit of a surprise. And I, I do... Uh, quietly anticipate Gibson's second bankruptcy next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, oh, maybe they're yeah. trying to offset it with this this next bit of news. Uh, they've like officially announced the '58 Carina uh, Flying V and Carina Explorer. I think they were hinting at it, hinting that it was coming soon. Um, they've officially officially said it's happening. So these are Murphy Lab, um, and they're doing eighty-one. Uh, flying V's, but only nineteen explorers. That's not very many. I mean, eighty-one worldwide doesn't seem like a lot, anyway. But um, nineteen, nineteen explorers. From what it sounds like, because of the the whole CITES lark and yeah. all of the paperwork that would come with it, it doesn't look like anywhere apart from the US is going to get these. I'm just trying to think. Isn't isn't Karina the one as well? Where when you're working with the wood, the shavings are poisonous. You have to wear a mask when you're making yeah. them. I mean, we we've all had a bit of experience uh, <laughs> wearing masks recently. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I, like I feel like Karina is like yeah. Bearing yeah, in mind, a- I'm just, sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. It's like there's only a hundred of them total across the two different shapes. Mm. Um limited edition like highly limited edition there's murphy lab as well which is like up from custom shop i think is kind of where they're trying to like place it it's like the replacement for what was the you remember you had like uh, collector's choice wasn't it and that was kind of like up from it and i think this murphy lab was supposed to um kind of replace that because it's it I can't remember what yeah. Mur- is it Tom Murphy and he's retiring and they the, like he's kind of training people to do what he did because people like the Murphy customs were kind of like the chosen ones yeah. obviously if he wants to retire he's now training people to do things the way he did I think that's how the Murphy lab works yeah 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 they're a, they're a team of like like a Navy SEAL team of guitar relicking yeah um, but yeah so we've got uh, we've got the Flying V. We've got the Explorer. Um, <laughs> they they scanned um, like pristine versions of the the original like fifty eight Carina Flying V and uh, Carina Explorer using something known as the three D wand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
mean, you can all make your own jokes there. Uh, you, you've you've seen the uh, the Photoshop of the Metal Zone 3D wand um, oh, circulating dear. the last couple of weeks. So yeah, can't is write this, it. Can you? Is this the type of 3D wand that Jeff Bezos would rise into space? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, like it could you couldn't write it, could you? Like, millionaire goes into space, like tries to fuck space with a big giant, giant billionaire dick. Just you couldn't you couldn't write it. Um, but yeah, like more power to you, Bezos. Sure, yeah, yeah. maybe uh, maybe a fair wage next time. And pay a uh, bit of tax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Spunk it up the wall on a fucking rocket. Uh, hey ho. Uh, so they've also they've they've like the original versions that they had had the case candy with it, so they've kind of meticulously recreated all of that lark. Those people who suggest they are in it for the case candy are lying to themselves. Um, <laughs> It's it, it all just gets in the way, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Who's ever gone to a gig and played Case Candy? And the, well, like, got the, like, vintage, correct, specific Gibson cable that came with it. it went, yeah, I'm going to use that, that thing that came with my, like, fucking 10 grand plus guitar. I'm going to use that cable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, not going to keep that in a case just, just in case I ever sell it. No, I'm going to, I'm going to use that. Vintage yeah, correct cable. Going to take that to a gig and accidentally leave it behind, and no one's going to take it. <laughs> yeah, a good five hundred dollars worth of c- cable. Uh, but yeah, so um, Karina, obviously Karina, body and neck, Brazilian rosewood board. As it is a Murphy lab, which kind of takes over from the collector's choice. I think they were they were around the eight thousand pound mark. Yeah, when they were when yeah, they were I remote. think they did the different models range because I think there's about thirty five or forty collector's choice ones, but yeah, and they had like they had different ones in the collector's choice as well. They had like faithful reproductions of how they were new and then aged versions as well, and they were different prices. But yeah, I think like eight grand was probably like a like like the the top end of those, but like that's what 10 years ago that they came out now so you're probably looking at 10 to 15 maybe for these yeah oh that wouldn't surprise me at all that wouldn't surprise me uh it is ridiculous pricing these are for those people who for for the bezos of the world um who can afford like 10 to 15k on just a, a whim yeah all those serious, serious, serious collectors. I mean, no doubt these things, because they're in such limited numbers, they will hold value yeah. at the very least. I mean, like, that, that's the other thing you've got to account for as well is investors that are interested in guitar. Like, this is the kind of thing that you could buy as an investment piece in your 50s and then instructing your will for it to be sold and if you last until you're 80 and you're 30 years down the line, you, you'll have made money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because the collector's choices are doing that right now, aren't they? Yeah. Those those guitars. If barely, you've got the right ones, then yeah. Yeah, barely ten years old, and they're 
probably doubling doubling the price. So yeah. So there you go. Um, it's <laughs> we were talking not last week the week before about podcasters being out of touch. <laughs> Talk, talking about like one and two grand guitars yeah and, and there's us talking about, about, yeah, talking about 10 times that yeah but neither of us are saying oh it's a cheap guitar let's go and go out and buy one <laughs> yeah yeah i suppose nice uh, nice nice affordable fifteen thousand pound gibson see, murphy lab custom relic whatever you see, want to call them there's 81 of them floating about you might as well get two yeah <laughs> I'll just, just remortgage the neighbor's house shall i that's it um so that that's a bit of gibson news just to keep us grounded in reality um <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum harley benton um so they um they are doing a few new colors on the ex84 which it's basically an explorer 84 obviously being the era of explorer that it's it's pointing towards um they were launched in early 2020 and then um not long after that they saw a revision um where rather than the roswell active pickups they were fitted with emgs um okay and they're pretty much doing uh doing both of those versions in a few few new colors so they're doing shell pink and benton blue which looks suspiciously <laughs> like another blue that I've seen before, but I can't quite put my Andy on it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, I love the shape of an Explorer, but um, in fact, was it Steve that put in one of the groups that we're in? Has anybody got any experience with EMG pickups? And I thought back to the only experience I've ever had with EMG pickups, which was a Line 6 Spider Mark 1 and a cheap LTD with some EMG 8180, is it 8184, 8185? 8185, yeah. Um, and honestly, possibly the worst guitar tone I've ever heard. And I couldn't tell you whether it was the pickups, whether it was the amp, whether it was the combination of the two or what it was, but just a hideous sound. I mean, you were... You were sat in the eye of the shit storm there, weren't you? <laughs> Just, yeah, but like it was a badly set up LTD Les Paul shape, so I don't even know what that model is called with LTD. The Eclipse. Yeah, and I was slamming the high end of a fairly gainy part of whatever they call the gainy channel of the Line 6 Spider, so... So you've got... You've got clean well it depends which one it was because if it was the 30 watt you've got clean crunch metal and insane i feel like it was a 30 watt so it was probably the highest gain so insane yeah. and i was slamming it with the full output of some emg pickups <laughs> Active, um, they're active aren't they the 8185 yeah they are indeed yeah, yeah, yeah they so are. yeah i was just kicking the front end of this modeling amp in the face <laughs> i mean that yeah that is a recipe for disaster right there um the the insane mode on the um the old the um spider 2 wasn't actually an unpleasant sound um 
when used in moderation <laughs> um, and, and when used correctly and not when you're trying to play nothing else matters by metallica <laughs> yeah oh but yeah i can imagine like the front end of a digital lamp can only take so much and then you you basically forcing because i think they're like 24k output or something like that yeah um and they're ceramic uh, ceramic pickups which are already uh, they already have like a, a high output <sighs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm probably 16, 17 at the time so I'm of the ilk of there's no reason for a volume part on a guitar just give it all of the volume all, yeah, yeah. all of that 24k smashing the front end of a digit lamp in the face until it submits yeah, yeah. I, I can I can hear that. I can almost taste that sound, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I know I know I've moved away slightly from these guitar, but I'm just saying my experience of EMG pickups doesn't flatter them, and it's yes, my yes. own fault. Yeah, yeah. But it would put me off looking at these guitars. Yeah, yeah, very much. I mean, you could go for the Roswell Actives, but Again, I would imagine... still active pickups. Yeah, I'd imagine that they are kind of pointing towards the EMGs anyway. Um I mean the the Harley Benton Explorer shape is a bit more like the the ESP Snakebite than it is the Explorer because it's kind of the the bottom edge of the uh, the where the the booty of the guitar would be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of notched, isn't it? And, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I know what you mean. Like my experience of the uh, like the eighty one eighty five set was again it was in in my actual gibson but like very very similar where i was <laughs> i had this like this gibson guitar with 8185s in uh, i took it to like a, the the first gig that i had as owning this guitar i thought yes i'm gonna i'm gonna play this because it's a gibson and i want to i want to play a gibson on stage um and i had my amp set up <laughs> so it was a it was a sp- spider valve this one was yeah and i had it set up in a slightly more slightly more refined way than yourself matt uh but i had like the blues channel which was kind of fender-esque with yeah. just the the slightest bit of hair on it um when i was running my strat <laughs> with like a 6k output <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like 6 to 7k because they were relatively hot strat pickups okay so um, maybe even like 7 to 8k for a hot strat mm, but however not 24k I, though <laughs> yeah plug this um plug this les paul in and i didn't have a clean channel for the rest of the night because <laughs> my clean channel was was a full-on classic rock crunch and my lead channel was metal <laughs> um so I I ended up giving up on that guitar after about two songs because so like, I need a clean channel um, and this is not giving me that. Um, but yes, there, there are a few pictures out there floating about of me playing this this Les Paul with VMGs in it, um, yeah. and it Suck. again it just it just it ruins my my experience. Um, it was probably again probably my fault because I was expecting a 24k humbucker to to act in a similar way to a relatively modest single coil. But we live and learn, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. It w- for me, it's not something that I would 
go out and buy. But if you are looking for an Explorer style guitar, you can't go can't go much wrong. So the the EMG laden version is three nine nine euros, which isn't bad considering they are the mahogany body, um, ebony board. They, I believe, they've got um, Grover tuners on them, or something of the ilk. And they've fairly got fairly well kitted out guitar, then. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they've they've not uh, spared the expense on these ones because uh, they are the like the upper end of the Harley Benton and stuff. To put in comparison, the Fusion. Uh, that mentioned earlier was 339 so this one's 399 because it does have the the EMG pickups in it yeah the uh, the one with the Roswell's in 299 you're saving yourself a bit of cash yeah really not too bad and I mean if if you're looking for that kind of sound they do look cool like they they would make you stand out on stage in these colours absolutely and there aren't many places that you can get a, a guitar as well kitted out for the, the same price. Yeah, I mean, you could even, if you fancied using it as a mod platform, take take the 299 one, strip out the ele- electronics and put some passive stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing saying you couldn't do that. And like I say, I, I personally, I love the look of an Explorer, and I think these are pretty cool take on them in terms of the, the aesthetics yeah the, I, I, I thought the shell pink one looked actually quite nice um, and I'm not usually because there's a little bit of a trend isn't there and there's a little bit of a trend where people are thinking oh these pink guitars look really cool and nine times out of ten they don't look any better than like another colour yeah whereas actually I think out of these lot, the uh, the pink one did look probably the best. Yeah, I can't disagree. So there you go. And I think, I think we'll leave it there for today. We'll not mention these uh, noiseless pickup fenders because you've, <laughs> you've not done a, enough here to deserve it, Fender. <laughs> no, <laughs> we might we might pick it up on the next cast. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there we go. That is the book closing. Kind of. No, I need to read the names, don't I? I need to read the names for the Patreon page. You, you don't need the book to read the names. Well, if I close it, I can't read them then. But you read can... it from a mind's eye. Yes, but that's still... Is it? Is that reading anymore? Is, is thinking reading? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like analogue reading. I don't know. This Philo- isn't digital. Philo- philosophy with... <laughs> yeah, ph- philosophy. Yeah. Oh, dear. Right, so... Uh, as little as two dollars a month, you can make us shut up, um, because we're we're talking philosophy here. Uh, you can you can back us on Patreon, and it is it's amazing that we've got people who are uh, showing that support. So if you want to be one of those amazing people, go to uh, Patreon.com/slash/FredTalk, and those amazing people get a shout out on the show. They are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, and Just Surprise Me Podcast, and the Masters of the Cinematic Universe Podcast. We have got a huge erection of my pants. Whee! Yeah. 
We have <laughs> we have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we have got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks Podcast. Woo woo. Uh, whoop, whoop. You want to catch me online? It is Budget Pedal Chap. Um, I am at Facebook. I am at Instagram. I am at YouTube. And YouTube is the home of the No Talkal Tone series, uh, which this week, or the most recent week, involved the Kuvave Fuzz. Kuvave. Or Kafefe. Kafefe. Huawei. Yeah, that fuzz. Um, and Matt, you are on Twitter as heel underscore Matt Q. Yeah, and I keep forgetting, but I'm also on Instagram as heel underscore Matt Q. There you go. <laughs> Occasionally, I will open the app. Indeed. <laughs> and that seems like a lovely place to end it for this week. So, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. McWine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Ta-ra a bit. Bye. Ta-ra. Bye. <laughs>